0: You guys, welcome to TrailerCast. I am Elise Snipes, your host, and I am excited to kind of bring you a conversation around the holidays, but also a conversation around becoming the magic. We have had some interesting uh, growing up in our house recently. Uh, we now have children who do not believe in Santa. <laughs> so I always said, like growing up, I'm like, I'm not doing Santa Claus. I'm like, this is crazy. What am I going to do, lie to my children and then have them never trust me? I'm like, that's hogwash, right? So before I had kids, I knew everything. <laughs> before I had kids, I was I was committed to honest parenting and making sure that my children could trust me, which then the conclusion was no Santa Claus. And, you know, I was like, you know what? They're going to know we got them these presents, and they're going to know that, that it, I mean, they still get the presents, right? So again, before I had children, I had it all figured out. Now, a couple years into um, my parenting journey, you know, when they're little, like like babies and toddlers, like they're not really getting the story anyway. So I really didn't feel like I needed to say anything because I was still committed to not telling them that Santa did this for them. Until one of our kids went to school and came home and told me the story of Santa Claus. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And you know they're at the age too where like their teacher is right and and the parents are wrong. Like regardless of what I say or how (laughs) educated I may be or my my life experience or opinion, nope, it is nothing compared to their beloved teachers. Which is honestly, that's awesome, right? I, I think it's, I do actually appreciate that they can have multiple sources of authority and be able to consider, you know, other voices in their lives. So like, conceptually, I get it. In this specific scenario, I'm like, why is this teacher ruining my parenting? So I had to make a decision. Do I allow that to keep going, or do I crush this little human being in front of me and instead tell them that not only is their teacher wrong, but there is no Santa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, can, I was just a, little, a bit flabbergasted, like I'm looking at the earnestness of this sweet big-eyed child, like telling me, like mom. And then he he has these elves, and he's and then um and all year long he's making the right gift for me. And and then do you, do you know the thing with the fire and the um the smoke? And then he comes down that to our house. Wait, where's ours? Like and then and, and he sneaks in and then he eats the cookies and and like I mean it, you guys hook line sinker whole story memorized like. I beyond amazed and stoked on Santa. It was like Santa Claus. Could I mean hero? The hero that is Santa Claus. And I just like looked and was like, okay, I think we're going to let you have this. And I'm going to have to figure out another way <laughs> to have this conversation later. So I like, had to reckon what I wanted to do, what I thought I would do with, like, the new information, the new reality, the new need, the what I didn't anticipate. Um, Also, like, how I thought I could somehow control the narrative of my parenting. It's laughable now. And decided, you know what, um, we're gonna go, we can go with this. It, with the condition that if I am asked directly, I'm going to be honest. So I felt like I could kind of have it a little bit both ways, that if my children ever ask me about Santa or the tooth fairy, you know what I mean? Like any of the peoples that, this, <laughs> that their school teaches them about, that I would be direct and honest because I want them to know that I will be honest with them. So I have a ten-year-old, a nine-year-old, and an almost seven-year-old. Okay, so those are the ages of the kids. Um, there was never a question. No one asked. I'm like, okay, so I mean, how long does this thing go on? You know, like how long do we believe in Santa? I did not believe in Santa growing up. I wasn't wondering if he came. (laughs) So we grew up celebrating Hanukkah, and that was very clear what was happening for me and in the festival of lights and celebration, all of it. It's like just I love, I love Hanukkah and celebrating Hanukkah, and so I didn't have the Christmas debunkle. Um and this year I was, let's see, Ju- Judah, my middle son, came in my closet and he picked up this little jewelry box I have, and I wasn't totally paying attention. And he opens it up and you guys, I am that freak of a mom who has saved some of her children's teeth. Okay. I know, just, I know. Let, let that shake up what you think about me <laughs> or let it confirm everything you've ever thought. I saved my kid's teeth from the tooth fairy, all right? So there he is looking at some hard evidence that proves that his whole life has been a lie, okay? He looks at me, and he's not even the oldest. He looks at me, and, and all of a sudden, I watch everything click into place. He's staring at me like, and he goes, mom, you're, you're the tooth fairy. And again, I'm just like, uh, uh, and then he, and then he didn't stop. He's like, you're Santa too. Like it was boom, boom. Like, uh, like if, if you're, if you're this magic creature, then clearly you're every magic creature. And I, was like, I'm not, what am I going to do? Lie to his, I'm not going to lie to his face. This was the whole reason I didn't want to have this in the first place. I didn't want to have this moment. And now here I am having this moment, trying to decide like again, what? What, what do we do here? And so I said, all right, um, yes, Judah, I am the tooth fairy. I am Santa Claus. And he was like, like I could see him um, taking it in, almost like I could see the memories playing through his head, right? And so then we sat down. I said, okay, I want you to sit down and I want to actually kind of talk through what I mean, okay? I said, buddy, why when you are young, you receive, you're on the receiving end of so much magic. And there's the tooth fairy and Santa Claus, you know, and um, the elf on the shelf and uh, maybe leprechauns on St. Patrick's Day. Like there's magic everywhere and you're on the receiving end of that. You get to get it. You get to wake up and be a part of the mystery and the wonder. You get to peak and see if you can try and catch Santa Claus and you get to see if maybe you're gonna see what the tooth fairy looks like and and there's these they're like bigger than life they're bigger than your life and you like you have your own idea of what the tooth fairy like what she's about and and you know and how she gets all over the world and you know it's it's wonderful to be on the receiving end of magic but the best part is when you become the magic. The best part is when you get to become the tooth fairy, to become Santa Claus. I was like, Judah, trust me. It is a totally different type of magic to become the thing that has always enthralled you, mystified you, expanded you, delighted you. So this year, would you like to be Santa? So I could watch him kind of digest this new invitation or this new, um, here comes Ruby. (laughs) Um, He could... I actually think he was like, oh, like there's, it's not over. It's not over. And it's not. I, (laughs) to become the magic, to become the one who creates the mystery and sneaks the tooth out and (laughs) and replaces it with dollars and is able to wrap presents quietly and sneak them under the tree even though the kids are sleeping right there. Like there's something about maintaining the magic, becoming the magic. So I had a conversation with my older son as well because, I mean, if one knows something, the other's going to know something immediately. And talk to them about this year and what it's going to be like and their first year getting to be Santa, getting to become the thing that they've loved so much. And they're so excited, right? Like they are like, okay, so like, how does this happen? Like, do we go to sleep? Like, are you going to wake us up? Like, like does, is there some, does someone actually bring the presents? Like they had a lot of other funny functional questions. Like, so does Santa, they're like, wait, so it's not Santa bringing the presents. They're like, wait, do you guys buy those? So you could see them still like working out the details. (laughs) So this season in our home, I have a better hiding spot for the teeth. (laughs) And we know that Santa is still very much alive for Eden. And to my quite delight, as we were getting ready for this year, Judah, you know, middle son, was like, um, Mom, when's Scarlet coming? And I'm like, hmm? And he's referring to the elf on the shelf, you guys. You guys. He still believes in the little toy plastic doll, elf. Okay, so I need, I want to, he has not asked about the elf, so that's still on the table for discussion. And instead, he was able to wonder about Santa, but somehow the elf is still real. Okay, so that's the land I'm living in right now. I've got a son who understands that Santa isn't real, but the toy elf on the shelf clearly is. And then my older son who knows that both are something you get to be. So Isaac has been the elf this year for Judah and Eden. And I watch him throughout the day and I'll kind of check in with him like, hey, buddy, you got any ideas for tonight? Or what do you, you know, what's like, what do you think, you know, what would be funny for Scarlett to do? And it's, it honestly, it, it tickles me to one, get to watch him think more about this season and more about the magic. Because when it's up to you, you're kind of more involved in remembering, right? He's remembering when you're on the receiving end, you're not really thinking about the elf all day. And what you're, it's a different, it's a different, um, it's passive, right? You're on the receiving end of it. But when you are the elf or you are the magic or you are the one, you're more actively engaged. And so there's, there, it's a different type of thinking, a different type of anticipating, a different type of planning and, and creating. And I'm watching Isaac become a different form of himself right now. He hasn't lost anything by losing the idea that Santa is a lie. <laughs> he has gained everything knowing that he actually gets to become the magic. He has done the funniest things, way better things than our elf has ever done in the past. Um, and I'm curious to see how long Judah still continues to hold out for his girl Scarlet. But what I want you to hear today is that there might be things that we have grieved as lost, over, done. Maybe it's our youth, our innocence, our our smooth skin. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a form of spirituality or a, a faith place that feels different for you. Maybe it was, maybe it was raising small kids, you know, maybe that was a season that feels like done or over. Um, And there's a reason we long, you know, for those other times, there was something inherently sweet and or kind of like landed in the right way with us. Otherwise we wouldn't long for it. We would be like, good riddance. We'd be like, done, see ya, bye. Um, And so I'm talking about the place that still stings a little bit, the thing that's still like, ah, remember that, remember that. And I want to know what, what is the thing? What is the thing that maybe you long for? Is there a form of magic that uh, you belonged to? when you were younger? Did you believe in fairies or Santa or <laughs> the Easter Bunny? Did you believe in like the little dust that floats around your house was something or someone? Did you believe that when the lights flickered that it was an angel or a ghost? Did you believe that the trees had something to say? What and how did you partake in the season of wonder? And how can you become that? How do you become the magic again, the wonder? How do you embody the deep seated, full, expansive experience of magic and delight? and like hopeful joyful anticipation because that is the season edge of our seats waiting to see regardless of our faith tradition you know like when i think of the season it's holy anticipation the same thing in my in my jewish tradition of is there going to be enough oil to light the lamp for 8 days will we be provided for will the baby be born will santa come will you know will will the light of dawn come again in the new year will the days get longer and warmer will the darkness end whatever the season of anticipation right there's a sense of is it going to happen and we can all get that in some way whatever the season of ache and need for transition and then How do I become that thing to a weary world? How do I become the hope? How do I become the joy? How do I become the generosity? How do I become the remembering, the mindfulness? How do I become the extension of kindness on earth? How do I become sacred eye contact or intentional touch? How do I become a twinkle of the eye? How do I become a twitch of the nose? How do I become wonder and people flying around the world and fitting through chimneys and making sure that everyone is remembered? How do I become that? And how do I invite others into it, into the magic, into the wonder? How do we transcend and um, transmit a legacy of evolving into the very thing we love. So those are some of the stories and snippets and things I'm sitting with this morning as I'm looking at our Christmas countdown clock and enjoying the anticipation of the season, watching my home become a shared experience, a shared mm, invitation, to engage on the flip side of Santa, on the other side of, of this season. So however you practice or don't practice this year, whatever you anticipate or long for or hoping for, I wonder how and what you also give away, how and what you also give to yourself, who you want to share it with, who is also being promoted in your life to share in some of that magic with you and to, to take the magic even further, to take the story even larger. Regardless of how old you are, I do hope that there is a sense of wonder again for you this year. You know, when was the last time you are like, "Oh, huh, I wonder how that happens. I wonder how that works. I wonder why that does that. And that we could belong to wonder in a way that revives the soul, that brings all of the different spheres of ourself into full life and vitality. That the little kid hoping in you is the grown-up putting gifts under the tree. But it's one and the same. So... Again, however this finds you, whether you are part of the weary or part of the rejoicing, part of the lonely or part of the overwhelmed or both, <laughs> that you would be able to take a moment to consider what is the medicine I need in this season? What is the gift that I am looking for? Could I become so aware of naming specifically what I need so that I'd know it when it comes? Could I be mindful of ways in which I can extend that to myself or reach out to those that I know could support me? Am I open to throwing myself at the big, beautiful universe or however you name source, divine, God, Santa, whatever it looks like and sounds like to you? I need, I want, I hope, be with me. Okay. Cheers. Thank you for listening to TrailerCast. It is truly like my joy because this project is... um, for fun for you for me um, for future me <laughs> for future us um, it's a place to share thoughts and feelings and stories and conversations and um, the space for the evolution of ideas and self and beliefs and practices and all of that and so my hope is that you get a thing sometimes here I wanted to also tell you about a very specific thing. I just finished collaborating on creating something you can hold in your hand. So, so many of the things that I get to create in my life are touchless. They are experiences. They're invisible. They are a service. It's, you can't put um, therapy into an object, right? And so I made a thing. There's a thing you can hold, and it's called the ritual deck. And the ritual card deck is what I would love to put in your hands so you can be in charge of your own practice. There, the card deck is so you can play. You know, when you think about cards or like, I'm um, getting out a deck of cards or it's like kids. Like we think of kids sometimes or Old Maid or Go Fish. And I want to like invoke some of that, that playful return to the sacred self. The card deck includes several different elemental suits. And what I mean by that is if you had a regular deck of cards and it's clubs, spades, diamonds, hearts, this one has water, earth, air, fire, and source. And in the different suits, there are different questions or statements or things for you to consider or ask of yourself. You can think of this deck as uh, an individual way to support your practice. Maybe you pick a card a day and see, huh, all right, I'll sit with that. Uh, Maybe you keep it on your coffee table and it's a conversation starter, or maybe it's something you keep at your bedside and you get to share with your partner or engage your children with. It's a place to land, it's a, a tool to use, and it's something that I hope you all get a chance to enjoy and to experience. So, Ritual Deck, you can find all of that information on my website www.elisesnipes.com or if you're following me on instagram i also have a link in my profile where you can purchase that um, and in time for christmas too so at elise snipes okay happy holidays